Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 268 and we're talking about Fabulous Las Vegas with Lenore Greiner. Yeah, it's Viva Las Vegas all the way at the moment uh, as we've just released the first of the Indie Travel Guides officially. Uh, about a month ago we spoke with Stephanie Ockerman about Buenos Aires and uh, she's the author of our Buenos Aires guide. Lenore is the author of the uh, Las Vegas guide, and uh, we've just done the official launch. So it's been a week of sending out press releases and doing some interviews and all that kind of fun stuff. So I hope you'll uh, come by the site and support those authors. Yeah, the books are really, really great, as I'm sure you're going to pick up in the interview that you're going to hear. But, you know, I'm sure you'd like to hear it from us, too. We have spent a lot of time working on these books, and they are really, really beautiful, really well-written, fantastically edited, if I do say myself. Say so myself. No, but, you know, they are really good books, and I think you'll like them. Yeah, so if you're heading there or know someone that is heading there, please send them our way, and uh, we'll make sure we look after them well. Uh, wow, this week we've been looked after quite well by the weather gods of oh Austria. Um, it's been snowing and it's been like the high the other day was zero degrees. It was it insane. Was mad. Last week we had a false spring. So Craig was wandering around in his t-shirt. I had a light jumper on. It got up to it got up to 20 degrees when we were walking around Merdling. And then this week, well, the weather, the temperatures started to drop a little bit. And then, yeah, yesterday, zero degrees. When we left the house to go for a walk, it was snowing, actually <laughs> snowing. There was snow on the ground. I looked out the window in the morning, and the, the roofs were all covered, and snow it was beautiful. But it was also very, very cold. And unfortunately, when we went out for dinner last night, went to a nice brewery nearby, I think it was an error, because I think I picked up a cold. Mm, yeah, it's no good at all. Well, you didn't come here to hear us complain about the weather in Austria. So let's jump straight in and talk to Lenore Greiner. She writes at travelgearforwomen.com and is the author of the Indie Travel Guide to Las Vegas. Well, today I'm speaking with Lenore Greiner, the author of the new Las Vegas Guide being uh, released by Indie Travel Media, and that's us. Um, and yeah, we're going to be talking about Las Vegas, talking about the, the book itself, and hopefully giving you some inspiration and ideas to uh, get you out on the road. Uh, Lenore, welcome onto the Indie Travel Podcast. Thank you, Craig. Happy to be here. I'm looking forward to it ourselves. Well, to begin with, can you tell us a little bit about uh, about you? Um, well, I'm a traveler who writes. Um, normally, that's a travel writer, but I kind of consider myself a traveler first and a writer second. So those are my two passions, and I'm really lucky that that's how I get to live my life. Um, you know, I first started traveling at 17. I took off for Mexico right after high school graduation, and at 19, I was living in Italy, going to school. So I've been really lucky that I got to hit the ground running uh, as a traveler. So in the way that I travel is very experiential. Um, I'm very curious. So I'll find myself in an ashram in India or riding horses with the gauchos in the pampas of Argentina. I just, I, I'm really lucky, but I think you make your luck. So yeah, I'm lucky that my passion matches my work. Just like you, Craig. Yeah, it's a very nice thing to uh, to have happen and uh, certainly something to be recommended. Well, today we're going to be focusing especially on uh, Las Vegas, uh, having uh, just written the guidebook for it. Uh, what's your attraction to Las Vegas? What draws you there? Ooh, uh, the attraction. It's just 
well, there's no place like it on the entire planet, for sure. And it's just the ultimate modern adult playground, I think. And, you know, it's also continually evolving and changing. And what do you think attracts other people? Well, you know, right now it, it has the motto, if it happens here, it stays here. So it's kind of giving people a, a hall pass to do things that they normally wouldn't do uh, at home. You know, it's really, it truly is a sin city. I mean, drinking, gambling, nonstop partying. It's, I like to tell people in a nutshell, it's the only place where you can walk into breakfast with a cold beer in your hand and no one gives you a second thought. <laughs> and the same might be said for uh, places in Vietnam and Thailand as well. But, there uh, you go. That's right. <laughs> certainly That's be right. the only place in North America. Well, is I there... love those kind of places. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, is there, is there more to it than that? Because that's, I think, the, the stereotypical vision that people have of Vegas is the, um, okay, if I go to Vegas, I have to be prepared to, to party all day, party all night, and hit the tables. Is, is there something for, uh, for other people as well? You know, it's funny you ask that because I'm not a gambler at all. My parents were gamblers. I grew up watching my dad in the, the Baccarat salon, which was always fascinating to me. But I'm not a gambler. And so when I go, to me, gambling just takes up my valuable shopping and spa time. And and then there's so many other adventures that are, are awaiting you in Vegas. So it's not all be-all, end-all gambling. I mean, you know, you can party like a rock star at a pool day club. You know, they have these day clubs instead of nightclubs now. You can get your own cabana. But, you know, you can also go to the museums and learn about the local mob history or Vegas's very interesting atomic legacy. They blew up about 100 A-bombs just outside Vegas. Or, you know, you can go see these priceless Impressionist paintings. So it's really just crazy all there is to experience besides the gambling. So, you know, pick your poison. Yeah, I have to say the uh, the kind of Wild West uh, history has never really appealed to me personally. But the idea that they were doing nuclear testing there and people would come down to watch, like that was the weekend trip, is let's go down to Vegas and watch them blow up some atomic bombs. You know, it's really funny because... In the 50s, they would announce the tests in the newspapers so that people could get up early and watch the early dawn mushroom cloud, which I guess were very beautiful. And what's scary to us now is that they were actually attracting atomic tourists to come. It was another tourist attraction, which just sounds crazy right now in this day and age. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, certainly moved on a lot from there. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's roll back around to uh, to you as you visited Vegas in an, in another way, I guess, for researching a guidebook rather than going there uh, as a traveler. Did research and writing change your impression of the city? You know, a lot. I mean, I've been writing about Vegas for a long time, and the first time I went to Vegas was like how a lot of people go. I just ended up there. I had to go for to attend a wedding. And so I think people don't really think about their first travel destination as Vegas, but you, you are going to end up there either for a wedding or a conference, or if you're traveling through the U.S., it's something that you have to stop and experience. But um, 
you know, I always, no matter if I'm there visiting for fun, which is rare, I'm usually there in business, but whenever I arrive there, I'm always asking myself, how did this get here? I mean, when you come down the hill into Vegas, it's just this city with this crazy glowing architecture, and it's in the middle of this huge desert wasteland. And I guess that's always my impression when I go there. But the second thing is that I'm always impressed every time I visit is how unstoppable Vegas is. I mean, even getting hard hit by this economic crisis, uh, because, you know, their tourists, their, their market, tourist market is worldwide. And even after getting hit by this economic crisis, it, Vegas never sa- fails to reinvent itself. And people are still coming from all over the world to experience it. Yeah, it, it definitely stands out. Um, when I, as a, a foreigner, as a Kiwi, think about the states and think about the cities, uh, it's kind of Hollywood, New York, and Las Vegas are kind of the, the standout, iconic destinations in terms of cities to visit. Um, how does that kind of affect normal life for people there? Well, you know, the locals rarely go to the Strip, uh, I think they take advantage if there's some entertainer in town that they want to go see, like the Who's playing at the Hard Rock, so they'll go and get tickets. But the locals that I've talked to, they'll only go the Strip if they have visitors in town. But I guess it's like when you're living there, you just get kind of inured to it. And really, once you go off the Strip, because Vegas has really sprawled out into the desert, it's very suburban. You know, it's just got miles and miles of these neighborhoods and people going to kids going to school and so it's got this really strange kind of double personality that that always fascinates me i guess the double personality as well as something you alluded to there's kind of the the shopping and spas and it live like a rock star and then there's kind of a a flip side there is uh stuff for families to be doing and there is uh things for budget travelers to be doing that can't go and uh you know drop a couple of hundred bucks on the table right i think one of the misconceptions is that you got to have a whole bunch of money to go to vegas and certainly if you want to spend you know 40 grand uh a night at the hugh hefner suite in the palms you can certainly do that and they're very happy to help you but if you do your research, you can grab like, for example, if you get an online, you know, an advanced online booking rate of $129 at the Bellagio, that's possible. So you can really be at a very low budget for traveling in America uh, and stay at just five-star top-of-the-line resort. I mean, it's kind of crazy. People don't really realize that. Yeah, it is something that uh, kind of blew my mind as we were talking about the guidebook and beginning to to plan it out. Um, There's places that might have a a rack rate of high hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars a night, and yet they're available at that kind of prices. It's not a, you know, it's certainly not hosteling, but it's, you're getting a thousand dollar deal for a hundred bucks. Well, we'll get to the hosteling question in a few minutes, because I've got it kind of a surprise for you. (laughs) 
Yeah, so um, so research and planning is obviously a big part of being able to save money here in Las Vegas. And you've created 10 different itineraries for the guidebook. So ways that people can actually experience the place without going, oh, I, I like this event over here, but then the place I want to eat lunch is on the other side of town. So each one covers a day of eating, drinking, things to do that, that all works together. Can you walk us through your favorite day? Well, uh I've got a lot of favorite days, but I created about, I don't know, I think 10, and uh, one's a day with family. Believe it or not, there's so many family activities, and geographically, I kind of start you in one place and let you work your way up so that you're not covering a lot of territory and wasting time because it is so vast. Uh, So the family day, I have a ridiculous Vegas day, which is really fun, and then my favorite, which is the adrenaline calling day for adrenaline addicts so what I would do first is I'll go over to the Canyon Ranch Spa uh, their cafe and the spa is in the Venetian and it is a hundred thousand square feet plus huge place I can't even tell you it's got a climbing wall it's got everything you can get spa treatments acupuncture classes it was amazing Uh, so I would start with an organic breakfast there and then I would head up to the Las Vegas Speedway and take five laps in a non-street legal Ferrari F430 F1. And that's just the ultimate adrenaline high. And I would do that again in a heartbeat. That was just so amazing. And then um, after I've (laughs) come down from that, there's a a place you can do indoor skydiving on the strip. So they put you in a, a suit and you can actually dive and do skydiving indoors. Oh, wow. Is that with a, a giant fan below yeah. you, like a big turbine? Yeah. They got a big, like, aircraft turbine. That, of course, is covered with, you know, a netting so you don't, like, land in it. <laughs> but they help you and you jump in it and then you can start twirling and you can pay extra to get videoed and it's just really awesome. Uh, and then uh, people don't know, but you can go surfing in Vegas at a beach. That does not seem right to me. You're in the middle of the desert. Tell me about surfing. You know, it's so Vegas. Uh, It's another example of how you can do anything in Vegas, anything you want to do. So they have six-foot waves at this wave pool and beach at the Mandalay Bay. And you can do some body surfing there. And then uh, after doing that, like say at sunset, you can go over, walk into the Mandalay Bay, uh, after changing, of course, and head into the Red Square restaurant. And you'll know the restaurant because it has a huge decapitated statue of Lennon in front. And you can, uh, they'll give you a fur coat and you can step into their ice bar and taste like from the world's largest selection of vodka and kind of toast your triumphs. And then, um, of course, being an adrenaline addict, you've got to finish into the wee hours at a hot craps table in the Mandalay's Casino. So that's that would be my favorite day. That, that sounds pretty impressive. Um, well, getting practical for a minute, what's the, the one thing people need to know about visiting Vegas? The thing that nobody knows, but you really have to know to be able to, uh, to make it work? Well, there's a couple of things. Um, first of all, Vegas is not a great destination for hostels. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing for the traveler. So you can pay 16 bucks at an okay hostel, or you can share a double room with a friend at Circus Circus or um, at the Wild West or Las Vegas Palace Resorts 
for way less. So let's say you grab an advanced booking rate online of $18 or $22 for a double room. You'd both get a bed, you get your ensuite bathroom and breakfast thrown in as well. So it's really not a good idea to go with a hostel. And that's something that's pretty um, counterintuitive. I guess with uh, booking tools and things like that, now you're you're able to see more kind of the cheaper rooms in traditional places and the uh, the hostel prices side by side. But uh, yeah, to get that and a breakfast thrown in is certainly a winning combination. Yeah, and th- these resorts and the hostels, they're going to be out of the way. So you're going to have to like take buses or cabs or figure out public transportation or even rent a car but you know you'll have room in your budget for that if you if you go that route the second thing I always tell people is that really really try to set aside some bucks for a real splurge because this is the place to do it so go there and create the once in a lifetime experience I mean for me it was you know racing a a Ferrari around a track which was so fun but you know you can go dine at the top of the quote-unquote Eiffel Tower in their upscale restaurant there, enjoy the view, the Bellagio water show is right below. Or you can, you know, buzz the strip in a helicopter at night, which the, the, the views of the lights of the, of the different casino resorts is really spectacular. So, you know, don't, don't just stay budget, you know, do one or two things because this is the place to do it where you can really get some things off your bucket list. That's awesome. Well, you referred a couple of times in the interview to kind of the size of Vegas, and we haven't really talked about that at all. So in the book, we've broken things up into uh, two different neighborhoods, the Strip and downtown. Can you give us a a brief pricey of of both of those and and how they work into the bigger city? Well, you know, Vegas is, as I mentioned, really big, and it just sprawls into the desert. But the two main areas, it's really simple. There's the Strip which is south of downtown. And then there's downtown, which is the older part of Vegas. And that's where the Wild West atmosphere really started. I mean, Fremont Street used to be just a dirt street with a bunch of saloons and gambling halls where people would ride their horses in for, you know, a shot of whiskey. And uh, so you'll find like the older hotels because that's a real true budget destination there. You won't have the glitz and glamour of the strip. But the eating is good. It's cheap. The gambling is going to be cheaper. You'll you'll actually maybe find penny slots there to gamble. And then there's plenty of activities in the downtown. But uh, And there's buses that race up and down Las Vegas Boulevard between the Strip and the downtown. So if you go stay down the Strip, uh, of course, that's the glitz, the grand glamour, and you have to experience that. And you may even get a room there for the same prices downtown, but then you have to work out how you're going to get around because it's not a good walking town. uh, If you're, if you're on the strip, the downtown is walking, but people don't realize that the weather in Vegas can range from 110 to snow flurries. So the casinos have tried to make this very convenient for you to reach their casino. So they have bridges, there's a monorail, there's a, a city bus that goes up and down. That's very cheap. And there's trams between sister resorts, like the Mandalay has a tram that goes to New York, New York. And so there's ways to get around the Strip, too. 
I hope that answers your question. It's yeah. kind of a long answer. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. To, uh, to wrap things up then, Lenore, we have just a few minutes left, but you've got two Las Vegas myths for, uh, for us to get into before you go. Yeah, there's a couple of myths that people aren't aware of that is, just seems to be common belief a common belief about Vegas. And, and one of them is that prostitution is legal in Las Vegas, and it's not. It's, it's legal in just about every county in the state of Nevada. However, uh, back in the 50s, Nellis Air Force Base politely asked the city fathers, fathers to please, you know, ban it, close up the cat houses. So now if you want to go to a legal prostitute, you're going to have to go at least 60 miles out into the desert to a brothel, which will be in the middle of nowhere. So if you do run into a prostitute in uh, or an escort in Vegas, you know, she's you're, oper- you're committing a crime and she's operating illegally. And the second thing is uh, natural Las Vegas. I don't think people realize you can go skiing up in Mount, Char- uh, Mount Charleston in the winter. There's a ski resort. You can go horseback riding up there. And also Red Rocks Canyon, uh, it's just a huge must to go take a hike there, especially in the early morning when the, the Red Rocks are kind of glowing in the, in the morning sun, really gorgeous. And uh, there's so many water sports on Lake Mead. People don't realize there's ca- kayaking and houseboats to rent. So it's really a natural destination too. I just think that all the other noise kind of you know, crowds it out. Yeah, it's certainly something that you don't uh, don't associate with Vegas. You think much more much more neon than uh, than backpacks or skiing gear. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that you can go head like north east or north. Let's see, I think it's northwest of Vegas on the extraterrestrial highway, and go take a peek at Area Fifty One. And if you go to Rachel, Nevada, there's a motel there, and they know why you're checking in. And then you can join the other aficionados and uh, lean on a, a hillside with binoculars and kind of watch the goings-on over on uh, Groom Lake, which has the largest, longest runway in the world. So that's kind of a cool thing people don't realize you can do outside Vegas. That's nice. So if, if Vegas isn't strange enough for you, you can hit up the road to Area 51. <laughs> That's right. And, and avoid uh, being arrested by security. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, Lenore, thank you so much for coming on the Indie Travel Podcast today. Uh, people can find your guide at IndieTravelGuides.com. And uh, where can they find your other website? My other website is uh, TravelGearForWomen.com. And you can find all sorts of resources, information on Vegas there as well. And uh, buy the book there, of course, too, if you happen to be on the site. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing people's feedback um, because we're always going to try to make it better and better as a resource because sooner or later you're going to end up in Vegas. Wonderful. Lenore, thanks so much for coming on the Indie Travel Podcast today. Thank you, Craig. Well, thanks a lot, Lenore, for coming and talking to us about Las Vegas. Yeah, it's been fantastic, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, continuing to hear from Lenore in the future and uh, building up our Las Vegas resources at Indie Travel Podcast. We're also looking forward to getting some more Indie Travel guides out there, so keep tuned for that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, it's a long road in front of us, but if Lonely Planet keep on writing bad guidebooks like oh, that, come uh, on, we'll be... <laughs> 
You're just jealous. I am. Well, they're, they're being sold off again, you know. Again, got, really? Yeah, the guidebooks, the BBC bought them and the, the guidebook stuff looks like the rights are all being sold and, and bundled oh. off. So, yeah, we'll see what happened there. It's all fun and games in the guidebook market at the moment. Yeah. Oh, well, it's an interesting world. <laughs> it sure is. Don't forget you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. So please visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash hotels slash flights and slash insurance and book your, well, hotels, hostels, insurance, flights through us. And we get a commission. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. There's also the new tours blog at tours.indietravelpodcast.com and reviews at reviews.indietravelpodcast.com. Oh, there's uh, lots got, of cool stuff there at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I've got people from all over the world beginning to write for us. Uh, if you'd like to write some reviews, you can sign up. Uh, it's not like TripAdvisor where anyone can say anything at... Uh, we take people we trust from the Indie Travel Podcast community and then everything gets edited before it goes up. So it's a really nice review section. We're happy with how that's going. Yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. Well, uh, we're going to continue our interesting world, travelling around Austria, practising our German. and uh, Sehr gut. Yeah, sehr gut. <laughs> and, uh, well, have a great week. Until next week, travel well.